Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York, still not improvising because of COVID, but I don't know, maybe by the time this posts, it could happen that we could have show information, but we'll save that for the plugs at the end. Joining me today, and she makes every day and every episode better. She's the Baroness, the broad behind the beeps, the boops, the buttons, and the bobs. She's the Alabama enforcer herself. She's Chelsea Bennington. How are you, Chelsea? Hello, I am good. I am caffeinated and it's Saturday, so not a bad sitch. It's weird because I haven't worked in a very long time. And as I've said before on this podcast, I usually don't drink coffee unless I'm at work because let the production pay for it. But because I haven't worked in so long, I've just had these cravings for coffee and bagels because that's what location brings for breakfast. And I don't know, is, 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 it, is it a premonition or am, do I just miss them? I don't know, what do you think? I think it's a premonition, coffee and bagels, free coffee and bagels, it will be in your future. I think I'm speaking it out to the universe. I'm, I'm manifesting it. This will be part of your near future. You're gonna have a nice steaming cup of coffee in that styrofoam cup and you're gonna have that bagel with whatever cream cheese spread, or if you're I'm, a butter I'm a man, butter guy. I'm you're a butter, butter guy. Um, it's it's gonna be there for you. You're gonna be standing. You're gonna you're gonna see all the film stars and the film crew, and you're gonna you know hold an umbrella for someone. I'm sure. <laughs> I haven't had to do that yet. That's more of a PA thing. But uh... for some reason, I thought you did for Reese Witherspoon. No, I got a tent for Jennifer Aniston ah, that so. she didn't end up sitting in. But there were there were paparazzos everywhere, and as I was crossing the street, I was suddenly blinded uh, by flash bulbs because I was carrying the tent uh, in close proximity to Jennifer Aniston. Ah, got so you. I looked horrendous. So if those pictures made anywhere, I really hope I was cropped out. You should ask my sister. She's a very big Jennifer Aniston fan, so she may be able to find those pictures and see see if you're in them. Well, well, I I know Mystic Mandy does listen, so drop me a line if you see disheveled Rick Guzman <laughs> next to Jennifer Aniston. Yes, uh, carrying I, a tent along the West Side Highway. I don't know why I made up the umbrella for Reese Witherspoon situation. She's way too tall for me. No, that's a lie. No, my favorite Craig Ferguson joke, uh, he, he's talking about rumors on the internet. And he's like, we should make one up. We should make up that Reese Witherspoon is six foot tall, which is great because it's a joke about someone, but it's not cruel. I don't yeah. think it, it's, don't think it's so. a very positive kind of internet rumor. And when I was working on uh, the morning show and Reese Witherspoon was there, uh, that's all I was thinking about as she walked by. I'm like, my God, she's so tall. And <laughs> uh, <an> Amazon. <laughs> I strained my neck looking up at her. Uh, but today, we're not talking about the Reese Witherspoons and uh, Jennifer Aniston. We're talking about something that's that's genuinely frightening to a lot of people. We're talking about our favorite home invasion films. And that's not the greatest segue in the world, but I'm taking it. 
<laughs> Reese Witherspoon to home invasion. Well, would you be would you be okay with your your house being invaded by Reese Witherspoon if she was six feet? Well, now that I think about it, fear counts with Marky Mark, but that's not one of my favorites. He uh, invaded it, her virginity. What? Uh, oh, that was a good one. Anyway. Would I be okay if Reese Witherspoon's invaded my house? Uh, yeah, she seems delightful. Um, her, her, yeah. her, her, her on-set security was nice. That was different, but apparently it's, it happens a lot in LA. And you know, where we were filming, people are weird and just wanted to be around. So I, I, security made sense. Yeah, I mean, when you're that tiny, or sorry, when you're that large, you need to be well, you know, well protected because people are going to want to come after you. Sure. Sure. So, so yes, what, home invasions. What are some of your favorite home invasion films, Joe? So I do love the home invasion genre because it's absolutely, you know, for the most part, in a lot of home invasion films, it's very realistic um, when it comes to your just... Uh, hanging out in your house where you should feel comfortable mm -hmm. and someone really takes that vulnerability and uh just yeah um violently invades it and invades everything about your space your personal space your house your body everything um maybe you're my... in your drawers maybe you're scratching your ass maybe exactly. you're making a sandwich making a sandwich and I'm, you know, that's something I used to think about a lot when I was, when I was really watching Criminal Minds and just thinking about, this is such a grim thing to say, but I would be thinking about like, oh, what if somebody came in and like killed me here? They're just going to be like, oh, she was sitting there watching Frasier for six hours and then someone came in and like, what is the activity going to be and is it going to be embarrassing? Well, the Frasier thing for six hours, I can't think of a more fitting epitaph for you. I know. I feel like that's probably how I'm going to go. Um, regardless, it'll be on the TV. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just thinking, I would be thinking about that, like making dinner or I just got out of the shower and I'm in my robe and it's like, oh my God, how embarrassing would it be if I was killed right now? Like, what? that would be my thought process. And it was, I think it was just from watching a lot of Criminal Minds where pretty much every victim is a woman in her 20s on that show. So it was just a constant in my brain and why I had to kind of stop watching that show. But um, yeah, I do love the home invasion genre. I, I had a lot of fun this week thinking about, you know, the movies that I like or even one that I didn't particularly like, but it did leave um, a disgusting like feeling afterwards. Um, and I'll save that one for last. But um, one of my all time favorites is, uh, is hush i think yes. hush is so good um and you know for those who haven't seen it it's by the same man who did um the haunting of hill house uh uh gerald's game um i know Directed i'm forgetting by mike something. Flanagan. yeah dr sleep yes. um yeah mike Flanagan. thank you for saying his name i could not remember it that's um, okay it's why i'm here that is one of my favorites as well uh I think I first watched it when it came out on Netflix years ago and I checked it out. The thing that I like it that separates it from most other horror, uh, because the protagonist is a, a, a hearing impaired woman, 
Um, all of the jump scares are for us, the audience. They don't work on her. Mm-hmm. So they're just to increase the tension for you and me watching along. But oh, she's so badass in that movie. She's she's so badass. And yeah, mentioning one of the one of the jump scares that's for us and not for her. That um, and it's not a spoilery one by any means because you expect people to die in like a home invasion slasher film. But um, is when she's just minding her own business. Obviously, she you know is unable to hear anything, and in the background you see like her friend being like brutally murdered, mm-hmm. um, like behind the glass uh, window or glass. Uh, right, it, it's like sliding screen door. sliding doors. There you go. Um, you see it happening and it's violent and it's scary at first because it just, bam, it, it happens. And she's like screaming to her friend for help. And obviously I, I can't remember what she was doing, but I think she was doing some task of maybe washing dishes or on her laptop. Right. Um, Cause she was a writer. Um, and that was terrifying just to, just to think about. So Rick, you hit the nail on the head that all of the scares well, not all of them, but a good bit of those scares are for us to kind of show how much danger she is in until she finally starts realizing it. I think one of the scariest things is when he realizes she's deaf and you can just see like his sadistic, even though he's wearing a mask, you can see those wheels turning. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, okay. But little do you know, my dude, don't underestimate and hey. ever ever <laughs> kate siegel is fantastic in that film uh just fuck it, 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 I, I love the women in the horror genre we've talked about final girls before but just being so badass and calling and, and she goes through some shit she is not coming out unscarred but she gives every bit as good as she gets and i guess making her deaf to a lot of people would uh, make her seem more vulnerable. And, and, and in some ways she is, but uh, people that are starting out on the uh, back foot, if you will, they, they gotta struggle harder. So there's a little more intestinal fortitude therein to overcome their adversities. And it's like, all right, motherfucker. Uh, I think she ends up writing in her own blood, come get me. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's really good. Which when she started writing the CO, I'm like, call him a coward. Call him a coward. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty great. Um, That's yeah, just but the I love kind that of one. prick I can be. But I, I love that one. I think um, I, I know there's been some absolutely valid discourse over, you know, able-bodied actresses and actors playing disabled um, characters. And I think that's completely fair. I think this is one that people have called it out in a way where they're not um, dismissing the film entirely. It's just an example. So I do think that's worth mentioning, but I don't think it by any means. And, you know, of course, someone can keep me honest, you know, as an able-bodied person saying it myself, I don't think what am I trying to say here? I, I I don't think it's bad to watch this movie. I don't yeah. think it's, you know, in regards to like other movies where um, it's, it's really ridiculous, <laughs> you know, Do you, I, does that make sense in a way? No, it, it, it does. I think it makes sense to have a person uh, who, who can hear uh, and, and, and speak for her internal monologue later. 
um, I mean, you could make the argument that you could just throw some voiceover <laughs> in over that. But, you know, hey, uh, Kate Siegel, the director is her husband. They work very, very well together. Absolutely. Uh, seen on, on The Haunting of Hill House. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's nice when you're on set for long night shoots to have the person that you love the most there with you. It makes it a little bit more tolerable. In Especially for something so emotionally draining, I'm sure, yeah. and exhausting. Mm -hmm. And you know, hey, I, it also makes sense for uh, uh, a director to pick uh, who they feel is the best person to play that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where there's really no um, there's there's no answer here. It's just kind of something worth calling out. Like it's it's a valid criticism the movie mm -hmm. gets, but. Um, it, but I think, you know, that movie was made, I think, I, I want to say 2012, but I really feel like I may be too early. Ballpark. May have been. Sounds about right. Yeah, but um, I'm looking right now. 2016. And, okay. We are well, nowhere well, near close. Wow. All right. Well, I tried. Um, uh, I, that's when I watched it then, I guess. Uh, I mean, we've come a long way, I think, since then, even in those, you know, short, like, five years. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just worth calling out, you know. But great movie. I love it. I love it. I remember when I first watched it, I was so edge of my seat. It, it's such a great home invasion movie. One of my favorites, and uh, we talked about it previously because it's on one of my favorite kills, is The Strangers. And, mm -hmm. and I, I still love that in its, in its Manson-esque kind of way and the creepiness and the Merle Haggard playing and, and, and this couple that's already having a very rough night because they're on the verge of a breakup and they went to a wedding on top of you that. You don't that's... propose at a wedding, okay? That's the, that's the big thing here. Don't propose at someone else's wedding. Well, here's what I've noticed about nuptial couples. Not all of them. I'm not going to make a sweeping generalization, but there are some. There are some nuptial couples who can't help but make it all about them. Am I speaking specifically about members of my family and why I don't attend weddings mm -hmm. anymore? Absolutely. Some people will just do that. Uh, I remember I went to a, a live, how did this get made episode? And during the audience Q and A, some dude proposed. And while everyone's applauding, I'm thinking to myself like, great, you just made this portion of the show all about you and that's very selfish in my opinion no i get so annoyed with like because i i don't really have a problem with weddings or you know proposals or anything but the two big things that i have a problem with is um very public proposals when they try to surprise the woman or the mm -hmm. or the person being proposed to mm -hmm. and that's such an unnecessary pressure i don't like that um unless you've talked about it and unless it's coming up like i've had friends that have gotten um that were proposed to and their family was around but they knew it was going to happen like sooner mm -hmm. or later they had been ring shopping they had been talking about it so it was more so the surprise is when exactly is he gonna or is you know the person proposing going to ask so that sure but when you're just trying to really shock them i don't like that i feel like it's um a weird power play and i i understand you know, um, the selfishness of, you know, weddings and it's your day and it should be your day. You're, everybody's there to celebrate uh, your relationship. 
And I think it's just really a dick move to propose to your partner on a day where you're celebrating this couple. It's a dick move. It just is. So are, are you arguing that, uh, that, that Liv Tyler and her beau had it coming? He did at least. I think she was smart to be like, no. I mean, because <laughs> if I were her, I would have felt... I can totally understand a woman feeling pressure, like saying yes in the moment yeah. so that it's not awkward. And then when you're in public, it's like, what, what was that about? No. <laughs> um, and like giving the ring back. So, I mean, I could be remembering the movie incorrectly, but I do remember that being the issue. I just watched it again a few months ago. So I don't know why I'm- uh, no, you're, 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 you're yeah. right. I'm, I mean, I'm it's right, a, yeah. It's a little weird that I would like to see someone publicly propose to you and you turn them down I would just start cackling yeah but that's be like no and it, it, if, it, if it is a very public thing it's gonna happen or like proposing on birthdays and stuff like that I don't know I, I just like oh great you're taking the attention away from my birthday now it's about both of us mm -hmm. it's about me is my point Yes. But also the creepiness of the mass, the lurking in the background, and then oh, that fi scene. finally the line at the end of like, why are you doing this? Because you were home. It's that yeah. random. You're not special. I, yeah. So we're going to just stab the fuck out of you. Now, uh, conversely, the sequel was a, a steaming pile of shit, and I don't recommend it at all, but the original does hold up. I read the synopsis for the sequel and I was like, all right. <laughs> I know what happens. Cool. Um, Chelsea Lux out again. Chelsea Lux out again. Oh, yeah, I know. I feel like my version of hell is all the movies that I've avoided watching that everyone hates that have watched. And I should be punished and watch them as well. Hey, if, if you can cinematically dance between the raindrops and stay dry, you're a lucky woman. <laughs> But no, The Strangers is a great one. I, I love that one. It scared me to death when I first watched it. Um, I remember getting my sister getting the DVD and we, you know, turned all the lights out and we watched it really late at night and I didn't go to sleep that night and watching it again. It's just, it's so frightening because I remember around the first time I watched it, my mom was, uh, she didn't watch it and we were just talking to her about the movie and about how scary the idea of like somebody just like breaking into your home just because you're home and she was like oh yeah did did I not tell you guys like in our neighborhood there was a few incidents uh where um people were like in their living room and they heard someone trying to unlock their door or open their door they were checking for open doors oh boy whether you were home or not and I was like you probably didn't tell us that for a reason and now I'm scared. <laughs> so I don't know. That's something I always associate with a movie because I remember mom thinking, oh, you guys just watch this horrifying movie. We'll listen to this terrifying thing that's actually happening in our neighborhood right now. Thanks, mom. Yeah, she's great. I love her. <laughs> so um, I was actually going to bring up The Strangers, so I guess I won't since you took it, which is fine. I have another one because I had a feeling it was going to happen. Um, my next one uh, is Your Next. I think Your Next is a great home invasion movie. I know you could you could probably argue that it isn't um, because of how the ending is, but for 
the premise itself it's it's a home invasion movie to me um and i just i love everything about your next i just love that movie you're do you next? agree do you agree rick or do you not see it as home invasion no it's definitely a home invasion okay. uh it, it's a different kind of home invasion i saw it in theaters I was underwhelmed, and then during the pandemic, as I've made my way through over a thousand movies, I watched it a second time. And there are there are aspects that I like about it, but even watching it a second time, uh, even though they they are very different, I feel that where your next failed a little bit, uh, ready or not did a similar thing in a more fun kind of way. Oh, I 100% agree with that. I, I mean, Ready or Not is probably one of my favorite horror films, honestly. I just love that yeah. movie so much. It's so creative and it's brilliant. Um, and it's ugh, just everything about it is so good. So I agree with you there. I feel like with your next, I, I just remember the first time watching it, you know, with my mom, I think it was... Uh, when I was like home after graduating or something. And uh, I remember thinking, you know, oh, this is really interesting, but I guess like in the end, she's gonna like save them. Like she's gonna prove, you know, not save all of them, of course, cause they're going down pretty quickly one by one, but she'll, you know, save the day and, you know, save a couple of her, of these family members that she's trying to impress or whatever. And, and the twist I thought was fantastic. And I loved that her badass, uh, like fighting skills and her survival skills were explained in a way that like she has gone through like this camp and like training and stuff. Like she, she's very resourceful for a reason. Mm -hmm. And they really weren't expecting that, obviously. They were expecting to do a pretty standard, you know, fair. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really like that one. It, it came to mind when I was thinking about home invasions, but I realized that Rick, you and I had never really talked about that movie. So I didn't, wasn't sure how you felt about it, but I completely agree that if you were taking the comedy and the creativity that your next had, Ready or Not, did it better. And um, yeah, but I like, I like your next. I've watched it several times and I, I, I like it. Well, I, I like the, the, the wire decapitation a lot. Um, seeing Ty West act in a movie, I thought was, uh, it was probably the selling point for me, which might be a little bit weird since he's primarily a director, but I've liked his films. Um, Adam Wingard has, you know, he did The Guest, which we love. Uh, the very romantic Godzilla vs. Kong. So, you know, it, it's, he's developing as a creator. And you know he's he's on the way up. I got nothing bad to to say about him. And he's got there. There's love for the genre there, putting in you know such totally. people as uh, Alan Fessenden and Barbara Crampton in there. You know you, you you can tell that he likes it. And that that twist is is it, it, it's very much kind of like we're just rich dicks, and this is my dick move. And then sorry, baby, I didn't mean to do this. Please forgive me. Be like it was for it was for us or it was you know it was gonna help us and I'm like whatever this is a creepy relationship anyway because wasn't he a professor and she was a TA like I don't know it was something weird I admit I don't recall but everything about uh certain wealthy people in their big ass homes can be fucking creepy <laughs> mm-hmm 
so yeah, that's my that's my second one. What what else do you have in mind? Well, let, let's go from one gaggle of rich dicks to another gaggle of rich dicks and talk about funny games. I'm so mad at you right now. Oh my god! That about Jack, I'm jacking all your choices. But no, that was the one I was going to end with, where I was going to be like, I didn't necessarily care for it, but 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 it made me feel so disgusting. Yes. So you killed my ending your your big rock finish i'm so mad just talk about the movie <laughs> <laughs> well there, there there was the original version and the american remake which is shot for shot uh but with a, a cast i'm more familiar with like michael pitt and mm -hmm. uh, naomi watts who i've loved for a very long time and and Tim Roth, Mr. Orange himself, and and the 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 skin crawling aspect of the film, like it, it's uncomfortable throughout, and it's meant to be um, mm -hmm. to, to to make the audience just squirm. Like even in the awkwardness of like I dropped this egg. Can you? Give oh me my more god! Eggs? I hated that so much. Ugh. Like I, I need eggs. But and and you're not leaving, and 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 the weird uh, comments of uh, the mom's body, uh, just abusing the shit out of the dad. I do love the breaking of the third wall, looking at the audience mm -hmm. like you probably think they're gonna get out of this, and then when they shoot the one guy rewinding the movie so that didn't happen is a great thing. And, and similar to The Strangers, there's the nonchalant way at the end where they just kind of tip the mom out the boat and on to the next house for the next dose of brutality. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great play on horror in the sense of it's not monsters. It's, 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 white people that normally you wouldn't be threatened by look at them they're wearing their golf outfits they must be okay those are the motherfuckers i look out for are you kidding and, me if i saw michael pitt anywhere i i feel like i would run away did you did you ever watch the original version i did i'm gonna yeah. talk about both because you know like you could watch one without the other because like i said it's it, it's it's shot for shot by the same director and, mm -hmm. and that's a good way to do an american remake i think yeah i thought it was to bring it to a wider audience um you know i i understand the thinking there um yeah i watched the american version first and i remember i didn't think much about it other than I remembered, um, I knew it was like a shot for shot remake of a, of a foreign film and I knew it was the same director. I, I had read that it was like one of the most traumatizing experience for like Tim Roth and like for, you know, some of the people that worked on it and that even people watching it, they just considered it so hard to watch. Um, I, yeah, I, I immediately felt uncomfortable when the two guys were there in the egg scene where they were, they were, you know, dropping the eggs and they needed more eggs. And then when um, the dog's barking and then no longer barking and they're having mm -hmm. her play hot and cold, like with uh, where, where her dead dog is, which was frightening. Um, yeah, and it's one of those movies that, you know, uh, holds no punches and they kill the kid. 
I mean, everybody dies, but they, they killed a kid. Um, and I just remember when, when he did, when Michael Pitt did break the, break the fourth wall and was talking uh, to the audience and then that little rewind feature, I thought that was really creative. Like the whole thing, I was just uncomfortable. I was not having a great time. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I was watching it. And I, and I mean, it wasn't d poorly made by any means. It's just, I, I d that's why I'm saying it's not that I liked it. It's just, it did leave an effect. Like I would never watch it again. Um, but I did kind of watch it again. Cause then I was like, it's me being a curious little kitten. And I was just like, is it really a shot for shot remake? And then I watched the remake or the, uh, original and I was like, all right, well, I'm again, not having a good time and I'm reading subtitles during it. <laughs> like I'm just, it was definitely, um, very similar. Um, I mean, I guess I, I, I do prefer the first one, the American remake, I, probably because I watched that one first, if I had to choose. Um, you you know this about me, Rick. I can be um, a jerk about people trying to make social commentary with their movies because I just feel like sometimes it's too on the nose and it's not, you know, I it, it gives me such a... Um, it gives me such a vibe with that writer and director that they just really feel they're better than the masses. And, um, I, and I don't care for that at all when the social commentary is not even for the point of uh, trying to make change. It's just to show I'm smarter than you and I noticed these things and you didn't. Um, and I know with this one, and correct me if I'm wrong, I just remember reading this, it was uh, similar to, he was trying to make a point about like the violence in the news or in movies and how we're asking for it and how we want to see it. And that's why the breaking the fourth wall was like, oh, you thought they were going to get out of it. And, and he shows you almost what the audience really wants to see and is them not getting out of it. Um, I haven't read that article in years, so I definitely could be paraphrasing it incorrectly, but I just, I just remember reading that and thinking, okay, sure. Um, I, I can see what you're saying about how you're making this movie in response to how much we consume violence in media, but, um, yeah, one of the only times I'm not terribly, uh, annoyed with like social commentary in a film. Uh, because I don't think it's very in your face. It's just kind of you as an audience member are obviously uncomfortable, but you're still watching. You're not turning it off because you do in the end, you kind of want to see them get got. That's how it is in every horror movie. That's how it is in like anything you watch. There's a low key part of you that's like, I, I'm obviously watching a slasher to watch people die. Why else would you be watching a slasher? Um, so I'll, I'll get off my soapbox, but that was just something. No, it's, that, it's, yeah. it's all cool. This is the first that I'd heard about that uh, point of view regarding I could have dreamt up movie. the whole thing. Maybe he never said that, but <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Anyway, but, go ahead. <laughs> but in regards to the kid dying, I was watching, uh, I forget what I was watching earlier this week, but yeah, I, I'm like, I can't be the only person that watches horror movies and, and is hoping for the kid to fucking die. In many cases, I find them to be uh, tedious and it's like, oh, just go. Cause it, it raises the stakes when, when, when the kid gets got, it's like, well, anything can fucking happen there. 
uh, as opposed to like, and now the child and the, the dog are protected and off they go into the sunset. Yeah, so I, I just I just looked just to make sure because I didn't want to be like 100% off base here. Um, but the director did say that he never intended for Funny Games to be a horror film. Instead, his idea was to make a film with a moralistic comment about the influence of media violence on society. It's a subject he is very passionate about. So, um, okay, then yeah, so I... Uh, I really like that. I do like that. I feel like that's a that's a better that's a better way of putting social commentary in your film than I think a lot of a lot of other I won't say a lot of horror movies because a lot of horror movies I think do social commentary quite well because horror in itself is social commentary. Um, but just even dramatic films or other films like that, uh, or you know, those BS horror films that are trying to make a point about, oh, you're using your cell phones too much. Shut up shut up like I can't like stuff like that I don't like but when it's actually okay this is a great point because you have the killer looking at you in the eyes telling you we're not done yet you thought this was going to be it no 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 um so I think that's a I don't know that's just something I think about often because of that movie as much as I don't want to watch it again I'm also like it'd kind of be fun to watch it again with knowing that but I don't want to put myself through that <laughs> well I own it so every once in a while I will revisit it even mm -hmm. though I know it's going to make me feel uncomfortable but I, I like that I think it's important to 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 challenge yourself and art should challenge you because that's mm -hmm. a way of keeping you engaged I think a lot of uh friends that I know uh, and, and, and you as well, and I don't begrudge you this, especially during a pandemic, whatever you got to do to get through makes sense. Uh, but I've heard people say they just want to put on something they can turn their mind off and get into that. And I'm like, if, if I'm watching something for the first time, but I'm turning my mind off, I don't think it's good. I, I think it needs to get the hook deep in me for that mm -hmm. first viewing, like something I'm watching many, many, many times over. Uh, old favorites like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, yeah, I, I know of where course, I can yeah. like get up and 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 use the bathroom without pausing if I didn't feel like it. If I'm pressed for time, uh, but you know, for the first times, like get the hook in me and like, oh motherfucker, here we go. But yeah, funny games. Yeah, it, it will give you the douche chills. So I'm That's sorry true. I blew up your spot at the. You really did. I don't even know what to do now. Did you have another one in, in thing? Yeah, I was thinking of um, when a stranger calls. The Carol Kane one. Yes, I did watch that earlier in the pandemic. Um, I don't remember too much of it. Uh, I think I liked it. You probably then, did. It's good. And then, kind of halfway through, it's like, well, now this is a different movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's, um, I mean, it's a very great, like, urban legend type of tale where, you know, you're a babysitter and you're watching kids and babysitting's supposed to be, you know, the straightforward, easy, watch the kids, take care of them, especially when it's like, because I used to babysit and it would be a situation where I'm babysitting and I you know, go to the house at like 8 p.m. And they're like, the kid's already in bed. So literally all you have to do is just make sure that kid stays asleep and, you know, watches um, 
and you can just, you know, watch TV or read a book, just, you know, be aware that the child is in the house and, you know, be mindful of that. But it's pretty straightforward and easy. And to just have someone taunting you uh, mm-hmm. during that and you really don't have any other options. And at the same time, you're responsible for this kid or kids. Um, it's a really great, like, little twist on the home invasion where it's not even your home. Um, but it is your responsibility. So, um, yeah, I, I like that one. I haven't seen it in a while. It just, it just came to mind when I thought about home invasion. Um, I, the remake was obviously absolutely dreadful. It was during that time where everything got a remake, everything, but some were gold. I mean, well, when I say gold, I mean, entertaining, but, um, but when it, but the ones like prom night, when a stranger calls, those were so lit. Um, they were they were not as fun um, as the ones that came out like uh, like House of Wax was fun. The Friday the Thirteenth one was fun. My Bloody Valentine was even fun. Like those were fun. These mm-hmm. two, I think, I think Prom Night as I'll, well. I'll even they, say Sorority Row was fun. Sorority Row is actually one of my favorite remakes. I love that movie. Um, I very much love Sorority Row. I whenever I see it, it's back on streaming, I watch it. Like I just, I, it's so fun. But anyway. Um, yeah, when a stranger I, called, yeah, like it, 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 it seemed like okay, now we're done with Carol Kane, and now it becomes the Charles Durning show. And uh, it's like, well, yeah, well, th- this is a s- sudden shift that I really wasn't prepared for, and uh, I don't know if I want to go along for this ride. Like, can you? I was hoping there back? would be more stranger calling. I know, yeah, that's the one thing I say with the movie is as iconic as it is, like it's one of those that, you know, I, I think it speaks for itself that I haven't revisited it in a while, but it was one that I thought of when I was thinking of home invasion movies um, because I did love that twist. Cause I was just trying to think of stuff like, for example, like you're next and when a stranger calls where they are home invasion movies, but they're not straightforward. Like um, a stranger is in your house. Like that's just, it's a little bit more um yeah it, it takes a little bit more liberty with uh the genre being of taking liberty with uh, the genre my last film uh probably never gets looked at as a home invasion movie but it is but it's it's known for something else it's night of the living dead yeah, I mean, yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Because when you look at it, uh, Barbara, uh, she breaks into a home that's not hers. Uh, there's people in the basement. It's not their home either. Um, and then uh, the, his name's escaped me, so I'm vamping a little bit uh, as I look up the Dwayne Jones, who plays Ben. He breaks into the house. It's not his either. And then they have to fortify it from the horde of zombies that are trying to invade the home. And there's a lot going on in this. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's such a classic. Mm-hmm. Because it, it works on a lot of levels. Uh, there's the fuck up of it being public domain. Uh, but that makes it more accessible. That made zombies more accessible for people to use. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's scary to have uh, danger without danger within. 
and and assholery in the face of danger. And we've been dealing with assholery in the face of danger for a while. No, that's a that's a good point. I mean, it 100% is a home invasion film, and it's just by you know a mass amount of of creatures invading, and and you having to like it's not even about protecting your home anymore. There's no, there's really no home to protect. It's just trying to stay alive. Um, so yeah, I didn't think of that one. That's a really, that's a really good one. I love Night of the Living Dead. Um, I was just I talking- think a little differently. Oh, you're, I thought you meant when I said I love Night of the Living Dead and you said, no. I think differently, I was like, you hate it? <laughs> no, not, no, not that I disagree. It's yeah. that I, I, I think outside the box and I, I'll pick an atypical right. film for a topic like what, what? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. And so I, w- I was thinking about that movie um, the other day and just how, uh, uh, because my little sister mentioned it because um, we were talking about movies we've seen in drive-ins and she was talking about it being her first time seeing it and how for some people, um, it may not have that like jump scare factor anymore, but it does have that, you know, oh, this sucks, <laughs> like feeling of like, you know, uh, what the what the characters are going through. And it's, yeah, it's iconic for a reason. King George paved the road and, and we're forever indebted to him. Very true. I, I think since you blew my spot so much here in this episode, it's all right. Bring it on home. I, with what? <laughs> yeah, Do you I'm have just, another one? No, I'm looking then, right then now. That's, then, then, then that's where I, we're going to call it a day. All right, that's where and, we'll call it. Because you just Chelsea's going to be mad at me. Yeah, this is bullshit. I, I was gonna. I had a. I was ready. I had a pattern. I had a. I was ready to go. And then you were like, "I'm going to mention Stranger, uh, Stranger Things." God. The Strangers. (laughs) I know, I put both of them together. No, The Strangers, I was going to mention that one, and Funny Games. You took two of mine. We're improvisers, baby. You got to be ready to yes and the shit. Yeah, well, I didn't know we were improvising betrayal. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) you want to tell the people where they can find you if they want to find each other? If they want to invade my home? No, um, not, 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 no, I mean, I meant on social media, not, <laughs> not your, I know your address, but they should know your address. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Chelsea Bennington. Uh, you can find me there. All right. You can check out Spooky Doings on Instagram, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. One of these days we'll end up doing a show. I'm back on Tweety uh, at Rick Guzman 718. So uh, there, there's that. It's a lot of uh, podcast information as well and uh yeah it's fun and and things are happening and yeah. so it, 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 there we are like i said i'm sorry i blew up your spot but look at it as great minds think alike but not so alike that i knew you were saving it for a big climactic uh rant at the end Mm-hmm. Our, our listeners cannot see the Zoom call, but Chelsea is squinting at me like mm-hmm. she were Clint Eastwood at the end of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and she's ready to shoot my hat off my head. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll get over it. It's fine. <laughs>
Love Whatever. you, Chelsea. Love you too. <laughs> and, and, and to all our dear listeners, uh, stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky. <laughs>